I'm Andrea Collins. And I'm Shelly Zorn. This is Let's Talk Thomasville, a podcast about storytelling through perspectives of the past, our value of today, and our imagination for tomorrow. I'm so excited to announce our, or welcome our uh, special guest, Miss Lauren Van with Adele Creative. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much. It's We're, great to be here. We are so excited to have you on the podcast. Um, I must say to the listeners that I have been honored to meet you really when I first um, set up posts here at the Chamber, and I think you may have just started Adele Creative around the same time. Around yeah. the same time. We all started around the same time. Yeah. Julia just joined. She was one of the first people I met when I moved back to the Yeah, one of the very first. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are super excited to have you on the podcast Thanks. and to share with listeners. You know, we've been on a mission to really kind of capture stories of small business, and we have not had... Um, we haven't had someone at the table to talk about marketing and, you know, trying to figure out how to help other businesses promote themselves. Sure. Which yeah. seems easy, but that's a really big task. So yeah. tell us how Adele <laughs> Creative uh, got started. When were you, when was it founded? Well, it was founded in 2013. And at the time, I actually thought of marketing as being a very corporate thing that I would never do because <laughs> right. I was in my 20s. <laughs> right. And I had a career in entertainment. I worked in live stage show production. I worked overseas. I was in Brazil working for the Brazilian government there. And my dad had a friend from high school who was his accountant, and he was just a phenomenal accountant. And he really counseled me to set up my own business to run my car expenses through and my flights and, you know, all that good stuff. And while I was working for other people, I also had my own side projects. And from a very early age, I'd been interested in having a business. So I started Adele Creative to just run consulting on the side. And my dad was also consulting at the time for the Brazilian government. So we started consulting together. And what were you so consulting? Kind of started Entertainment part projects, time? corporate projects. Part time? Okay. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. a side hustle. It wasn't uh-huh. even a hustle. It was just a, <laughs> you know, a write-off, a tax write-off. Yeah. 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 So it was very part-time. Very yeah. part-time. Yeah, very peripheral. But it was really something that, like that name and that thought of having what at the time I wanted to turn into an entertainment company someday had started in my teens. So fast forward years later, I moved to Thomasville in between jobs. I was supposed to move back overseas and ended up staying here because I was in my late 20s, wanted to settle down and started working in marketing because that's what's here. Uh, Loved it and got married. And my husband was like, you know, you really, you're good at marketing, but you also love having a business. And I can tell that. And you really should do this full time. And and so we did. What a great husband. Yeah, I know. I know. Because at the time, I was making like $500 a month yeah. on my side hustle. He, he saw the potential that you had. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I'll never forget the day that like a few months later, I hit like $5,000 a month. And that was a huge deal to me. You right. Know? And now we're like way beyond that. But it turned into an amazing thing. And I guess five years later mm-hmm. that it's been, that it's been actually full-time, nine years as a company, five years as a full-time marketing company instead of an entertainment company. That's incredible. Yeah. So would you can would you attribute some of the knowledge that you've gained from your dad's friend who is like this phenomenal accountant? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we do things right. You know, he's a creative accountant, but not too creative, which I think is important. Yeah, <laughs> can't get yeah. too creative. Can't yeah. get too creative, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I would attribute the success of our company to, uh, to him, to my dad, who's an incredible business person and mentor. It's great to have someone like 
that you can talk about business with and grow things together. He's a super optimist like me, so we think the same. And then I would attribute a lot of our business success to my husband, who is what he would call a realist. I would probably call a pessimist. So he like kind of balances me out and he really pushes me to do things that make me uncomfortable that I would probably hold back from doing. Cause I'm just in my comfort zone. Of sure. What I know. Well, that's how you grow. Right. right. Yeah. And then beyond that, I would really contribute the success, the growth of the marketing company to the growth of our clients. If they're not growing, we're not growing. Right. <laughs> they know? can't afford to pay you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so like we're very honed in on growing their revenue, you know, not just having great analytics, but creating things that people want to see. And that kind of comes from that entertainment background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because people want to see it and we find the right people who are targeted, who can actually buy the sofa or the checking account or the car or, you know, whatever it is, the right. marketing, the professional services. Because people aren't just seeing an ad, they're seeing something they connect with, mm-hmm. they respond and that business grows. And so I think that's been like the sort of secret sauce of what we do that might be a little different or that our clients can, you know, uh, tap into. And yeah. so it is a little bit, it's ended up being a little entertainment and a little marketing. Well, I was going to say also with the marketing side, you you kind of have to understand the dynamics of your client's business as well in order to market for them, right? Oh, so yeah. I guess having somewhat of that entrepreneurial kind of creative mindset yeah. plays to your advantage because when you're going out and you're meeting with, let's say, I don't know, a baker or a restaurant, you have to understand their business in order to figure out yeah. how to market their business, right? So what would you say is the biggest challenge dealing with a variety of clients? Yeah, that's a good question. Because I would say like our most successful clients are the ones that are relationship-based or reputation-based. So, I mean, there are different marketing companies are definitely honed in on different niches. There's companies that are incredible at selling women's handbags online. That is not us. (laughs) I'm really bad at it. Probably because I'm not interested that much, you know, in women's handbags uh, or those algorithms. And then there are um, companies that are really great at content creation and that kind of thing. And we're more like focused on relationships and reputation, but some of that is retail. So yeah, we've got a whole variety of clients that might be a bank that's yeah, solely focused on relationships mm-hmm. and their standing in the community, or it might be like a high-end retail or like a franchise retail in a region that needs to be top of mind, but maybe they don't have that online sale component. Right. But we do have some clients now that are more like retail focused. So we have some agricultural clients that are retail focused. So yeah, like there's no boring day. Right. You just, it's always something diverse and different. Yeah. What's the range of services, like for our listeners, what's the range of services, marketing services you can provide? Yeah, I think for us personally, uh, and that's another thing. People will say they're a full service marketing company and it's hard to be that because it's like the medical industry. There are 50, you can't do everything, right? Everybody. <laughs> Different yeah. specialties. Yeah. yeah. We're very focused on marketing coordination and strategy and that messaging piece because we can take uh, your message or what you've been doing and elevate it and make it more effective. And then within that, we will provide certain services like website design or print design. We do some magazine design. We do social media, organic content. We do social media ads, uh, but we don't do Google. We don't do SEO. But then the guy that we use for Google has worked for Lego, Cooper Tires. So you can refer clients. Right, right. Yeah, Yeah, or we just bring that person into the team for that client, Uh you know, so then it costs that client less. Uh, So we're very agile, and we can kind of put together a really great team, but that person's not paying the overhead of a huge team for all those other clients, too. 
you know, there's that straight access to that person that makes sense for them. So from the beginning of when you were established uh, in 2014, right? Then to now, we're in 2022. What yeah. we would like to consider is the endemic. What, <laughs> well, that's very clever. I hadn't heard that one before. That was good. <laughs> what would you did marketing too. What I would, tell. What, what would you say um, was your biggest challenge in the beginning versus what's your biggest challenge now? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I think the biggest challenge in the beginning was that I literally had no background in marketing. I was just doing it because. And isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I had to sit down and and I I was interested, but um, I was more interested in doing entertainment. And I just did marketing out of sort of necessity. That's what's here. And did you learn from doing or learn from trial and error or mentors or a little bit of everything? Well, that's a good question, too. Uh, You don't want (laughs) to trial and error, you know? Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're working in entertainment, and I think the reason our stuff works is because when you're working in entertainment and you're working in commercial entertainment, you're creating something an audience wants to see. And the flip side of that. So that was your perspective. Right. That's the perspective. So, I mean, I felt like. What does the client want? What does the consumer want? Yeah. What does their audience want to see? Right. So, like, I felt instinctively when I was talking to a client, uh, because I had worked in entertainment, I worked in, like, pitching shows, show development, audience, um, like, conceptual creation. When you work in those things, you can talk to a client and you can figure out what's going to work for them that they've been doing. Maybe they're seeing sort of some good analytics, but they hate their relationship with their marketing company, right? That they currently have. Well, great. I can be nice. You know, I I know I can provide that. I can listen to them. That's something that a lot of people don't do, right? They think of themselves as like, well, I'm an award-winning creative director. You need to listen to me. It's like, well, what about this CEO of the bank who built an incredible bank, right? Yeah. He knows his customers. So like, you need to figure out what's going on in his brain. So I knew I could do that. And I knew that like instinctively when he was telling me a problem or if a business leader, she was telling me a problem, I could figure out, okay, what's the solution to that? And just in my gut, I knew I was right. So problem solver and thinking about the end consumer, what they want. So I'm going to give our listeners an example of how you did that. Sure. So Lauren created the Imagine Thomasville brand. And in the beginning, it was really just for the Payroll Development Authority. And when her and I sat down together to brainstorm and talk, you did that exact same thing. Like you listened to me. And basically what I was saying was, you know, Thomasville is different, it's special, unique. How do we convey that in a brand, an image, a website? And also, I'm tired of seeing development authorities, right. and they all say the same thing. They all look the same. It's grow, develop, uh-huh. grow, develop, grow, develop, build. Yeah. Those were like the only three words right. that you ever see used for a development authority. And you came back with Imagine Thomasville. Yeah. And it took me a minute. I the was John like, Lennon interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and then you had these graphics that showed through the scene, through the pictures, and you did the same thing with the website that just really conveyed Thomasville and these images. And you you used wording and images I'd never seen to describe industrial development. Sure. You know, for imagine. And it took me a minute to like, okay, because I'm straight-laced. 
yeah. banker, economic developer. I'm not creative. It took me a minute. On the and, flip side? Yes. I, and then Andrea comes into play. Yes, and you're very creative. <laughs> she loved it the minute she saw it. I did. Yeah, I was like, oh my goodness, this is great. And I mean, that's got to be a good feeling when you're a it business is, owner, yeah. you know, and you, you're receiving that type of feedback from a client. And then we took that brand and said, okay, we're going to market ourselves chamber and development authority yeah. under the Imagine Thomasville brand. So, you know, it just had so much possibility. I knew from the beginning it was different. It just took me a minute because I'm not a creative. But I think that's a perfect example of yeah. how you listened. And then your creative or entertainment mind turned that into what? Okay, if I'm an industrial prospect or I'm just thinking about Thomasville or I'm thinking about moving to Thomasville, yeah. what do I want to see? Yeah, I Imagine think myself in Thomasville. That's yeah. like one of the things I think people forget is that you're your consumer is a person, you know, and if they're on social media, they are, they want to be social. Mm -hmm. They want to see something they like and they relate to. What motivates them. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Whereas most people are like really focused on, well, what do I want to sell? And so they're not keyed into like, what's the desire of their audience. Right. And even if you're at a trade show, like this would happen in entertainment where people get very nervous to go into a group of investors and pitch their show and ask for, you know, several million dollars on something that's very creative that has Mm -hmm. no guarantee. And to me, I never obviously I feel that fear because I'm a human, but like I could get past that because it's like it's like being on a date. Right. If you go on a date and it's the first date with someone and they're sitting across the table from you, are they in love with you? No, hopefully not. You know, <laughs> they just met you. Yeah. But they would they would she like said, to be. They would like to be in love with you. That's why they're there. You know, yeah. and you just have to prove that you are not crazy, and that you are good with money, and that you are you know fun, and you have a connection, and that this is going to be a great journey. So it's about the people and connection. Yeah. I, and never, the journey. Yeah, I never well, thought about your entertainment background right. being such a good segue into marketing and it's like well it's like what do they want to buy right i mean if you're on a date that person wants to be in love they need to know you're not crazy if you're in a group of investors <laughs> you know like they need to they want to give you their money but you're trying to give them they, a, a feeling right they would not be in that room if they didn't want to give you that money mm-hmm. so what do they what feeling do they need to get i mean they're investors they need to get the feeling that this is going to make money yes and like how do they get that feeling well, you show them how many people, right, are like looking for this product and why mm-hmm. this product uniquely meets that. So if you're like on the flip side of that in marketing and you're marketing a product, people are cons- like actively ignoring tens of thousands of ads that they see every day. Mm-hmm. But they do want the product that they're you out have, there if looking. It's a good product. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a good product. So I was in that's such a good segue into this. And I think this would be really good for our listeners um, when they're thinking about their own business. Uh, or starting one. Yeah. Um, I went to a training one time because my background's in marketing sure. as well. Um, and there is this guy, and he was a consultant, and he was sharing with us, and it's always stuck with me. And it, essentially, it summarized um, how much information you take in in a day, how right. much is retained versus how much is actually really dumped out. Uh-huh. And it's very little bit. It's a very small percentage, like three to seven percent is yeah. like retained. And, um, and, and the question was, was what do you think is retained? 
And of course, everybody's throwing out all these answers and stuff. And so he said, anything that's like emotional. Yeah, a story you know, is retained. Right, yeah. emotional, like something that you were directly attached to, something uh-huh. that made you happy, personal made you sad, for you. made you angry, yeah, yeah like that you related to. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. like that. That is what you retain, and everything else that your brain's taking in does goes, not get retained. It yeah. doesn't get retained. Yes, and this goes back to the pitch, right? So, so many people when they are like very creative. They have, they're driven by this desire to do their art house movie, right? Well, nobody wants to see it. I mean, there's like 200 people in an art gallery that want to see that movie, but there's not 20 million. Mm-hmm. And so like if, and that's fine. If you want to create a movie for 200 people, there is nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that. Like that's a totally valid thing. You're just not going to pitch it to an investor mm-hmm. unless they also have that interest. So like you've got to find not what do you want to communicate what does the audience want to hear and see, mm-hmm. right? You're communicating for a person. And what's going to resonate with them. Yeah, and what's going to resonate with them. And uh, going back to what you were saying about a story, like people have, they're really driven. I think maybe it was Steven Spielberg or it may have just been a general article and he was part of this. But the greatest need of an audience is to hear, to understand, and to relate. Mm. And I remember where Steven Spielberg came into this. So he said, like, you could watch his movies uh, without the visual, but if you could hear it, you were interested. If you saw the visual and you couldn't hear it, you were, like, totally keyed out. So, like, the sound's very important. And, like, people, it kind of goes back to, like, if they're scrolling through social media, they have to instantly be able to understand that they're seeing something social, not an ad. Or if they're driving down the road, they see a billboard. They've got to instantly be able to recognize what that is and sort of hear it. They've got to understand what they are seeing. And relate <laughs> and to it. relate to it. Mm. Yeah. All mm. in a millisecond. Right. Yeah. And part of that's design or part of that might be if you're doing a video or a photo, uh, the fact that you're not using a stock photo, you're using an original photo. They recognize it. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the way you write it sometimes, like, yeah, people absorb these little bits of information. Yeah, um, even the wording you used on the website, you know, was different than I think. If yeah. you look at imaginethomasville.com, still today, it talks about the beauty. Uh-huh. And, you know, you don't hear that very often when you're talking about That's small true. business sure. or industry recruitment. So you were conveying yeah. an image they could relate to even in the words. Because ultimately, your strongest client, right, is that CEO or that company owner who's got to choose to relocate. Well, what's he worried about? He's worried about the 500 people or the 50 people who mm-hmm. have to relocate with him or that he's going to go there higher and retain. And that's what we talked about right. in that meeting. You <laughs> want to give them that feeling that they want to live here and why. And love yeah, it. And, and love it. Yes, that there are parks and coffee shops and festivals and that they're going to have a great quality of life and they're going to get high value, but they're working in a smaller town, so it's not as expensive to live. And that's a niche. Yeah. You know, we, we don't yeah. want everybody. That's a niche that we want, right. I think. It's a strength. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's incredible. So going back to the the question, your so your biggest challenge in the beginning was find was having no experience right. and no yeah just gut instinct and look and out all that thank you, just, you. I was gonna say thank you would you. think that you you know five <laughs> years later yeah I mean do you know that feeling the imposter syndrome yes, where you're like yes. how am I how am I doing this I know nothing about what I'm talking about but I do you know I mean like I really do and by this it clearly point, came out natural well yeah five five years later it's like well 
you know, if you walked into a meeting and someone was like, what do you have to prove that you know what you're talking about? Well, I could just say my results. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have a degree in this. I don't have a background in this. I did work in conjunction with marketing teams. But for me, the biggest challenge was um, not having that experience and having to go out and sell you know, the believe in me, I can do this for you. So, <laughs> you know? Do you think being yeah. a young professional or even a young woman yeah. and then, you know, so that took a lot of guts in my mind. Yeah, like, it took a lot of pushing yeah. for me because I'm pretty confident and aggressive, but I still like to hole up at home and read my books. Yeah. And my husband yeah. was very much like, he used to he used to run and direct a, a national sales department. So like the salesman would call him mm-hmm. and he would coach them. And I somehow got lucky enough to marry this guy <laughs> and he was He's coaching. You. Yes. He was like, you really, you have to walk into that bank and you have to tell you want to see the president and you're going to sell him your social media. And I was like, I can't do this. And, but I did, I walked into the bank. I was like, I need to see the president. Cause I was going to sell him, you know, I do social media. Yeah. And they were like, well, he's out. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll be gone. <laughs> so I started walking down the stairs and he just happened to pass me in the stairwell. And oh. I thought I can't go home without making my pitch. So I was like, you know, I do social media and I would love to talk to you about that. And he said, well, we can set up an appointment. That would be great. And it just so happened that they did need that. They had been thinking about that. And we ended up having just a great multi-year relationship. So risk-taking, would you say yes, risk-taking risk taking is having people in your corner, making yourself uncomfortable and taking that risk? Yeah, I did a half day of sales and then I quit, you know, like it was successful. <laughs> <laughs> I just it grew from word of mouth beyond that. Right. Um, but yeah. So is that what you would say to the, to the person who is in those shoes where you were originally and maybe they, yeah, give it a try. well, I used to get nervous, right? Because there's no barrier to entry for marketing. Anybody with laptop can go into marketing or they think they can. And I was one of those people who thought that I could, and I just happened to make it. Uh, and now I, you know, with some experience and some track record, I look back and there are people who pop up. It used to freak me out because it's a very small region, you know, to be that competitive, like that mm-hmm. many people doing this and they would just disappear and you feel bad, you know? And I thought a long time about this, like, why do they pop up? They don't make it. And because they obviously have a passion and they're really gifted, mm-hmm. you know, they're very good at what so they do. So why do you think? That, that uh, because don't. it's hard work to own a business. Mm-hmm. And I think people go into something, it goes back to they like, they want to do something, but they don't want to deliver what that person needs. Mm-hmm. And I was willing to deliver what Maybe to have the endurance. Needed. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. think you just, I yeah. think you just opened up another conversation, which I know we probably don't have a whole lot of time for, but that concept of when you have a passion, you want to go into business and do something. Yeah. That is what you want to do. Right. And then when you go into it, like for instance, is I love interior design. Right. You know, it's so fun. But to actually have to go in and do something that someone likes that I don't like. Right. That's where, to me, the rubber meets the road and it gets real. Yep. Because you have to deliver what your client wants, not not what what you you want. want. We Mm -hmm. do that all day long. And Mm -hmm. I will tell you, we do that without resentment. So what we have... and. That is why we retain our clients. We have almost no turnover. Once a year, we will lose a, a client, and it's the crazy client. So, you know. <laughs> exists too, yes, right? Those exist everyone, too. Everyone has a crazy client. <laughs> but the good clients, you know, they stay, and they stay year after year because it's working, but also because they get respected. And we are very careful to ask a ton of questions, to really listen to deliver a mock-up at the front that we believe fits what they're talking about, but to also tell them it's okay to hate it. And if you do, you're not going to hurt our personal feelings. 
And I've been on the other side where I, as a client, asked for that from marketing companies and I would get like, I need red, right? And I mm -hmm. get it back in blue. And then when I push back and I'm like, look, it's not personal, but I need this in red. They'd be like, well, I'm the designer, take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. And it's oh, like, well, you know, wow. I built the company. <laughs> so, yeah. you know? yeah. so we just treat our clients with a lot of respect because they're paying for it. And mm -hmm. so they deserve to get what they envision. Mm -hmm. And truly, like, of the 100% of projects you do, 10% of them are not to our taste. Like, mm -hmm. I would not put them in a portfolio. But 90% of them, even if they're not in my exact wheelhouse, like, I love elegant, clean, beautiful things. Some people like powerful, athletic, modern things, mm -hmm. right? So, like, if you can do that, I'm still very proud of it, mm -hmm. you know? Like, it suits them. And I think if you were to look at, like, 20 pieces that we had done for 20 different clients, I would hope you wouldn't be able to tell that one agency did all 20 of those, that those look like the client. They need to be different and us. diverse. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. that's why it's been successful because so many agencies are not like that. So mm. we were able to like fill that niche of like, you're going to come here, you're going to get really high quality work. And we don't think of ourselves as arrived. Like we're constantly working to be better, but really high quality work, a major market effect, but for a a, not a major market price and mm -hmm. you're going to get treated really well and it's going to have results <laughs> you know it's an easy sell yeah and right um, yeah something it's like everybody guess. needs if they're in business so right, right. um I want to back up just a little bit because earlier in your story you were talking about when you created it and you had the idea of it since being a teenager tell me about the name Adele Creative where'd that come from yeah people ask that so when I was growing up and still, my middle name is Adele, and my mom would tell me that Adele meant kindness, which it turns out it does not mean that. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I oh, looked it up in the baby name book, and it does not mean that at all. What does it, what mean? Does it mean? I do you remember. It means uh, royal, which is really ironic because my first name means crown. But anyway, I, I thought it meant kindness. Crown royal? Right. I, crown royal. <laughs> the, the real secret. <laughs> No, we don't drink at the office, but uh, <laughs> the, um, the, uh, the name came from the concept, right, of kindness and that I thought that was really important in life is just like a value. And I've always liked that name. It just has a ring. But when I was a teenager, well, when I was a little girl, I used to play office. And when I was a teenager, I was the nerd in the library writing out like fake employee handbooks someday for my future entertainment company. So you always knew you wanted to have a business. Oh yeah. Like yeah. I thrive on the business. And I think that's why it's still there. Cause like I actually really thrive on business and on clients, like on clients being successful. Right. The marketing is sort of like a byproduct. I enjoy the marketing. And are most of your clients here in this region, Thomasville centric? Why? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I would say the most of them are. Definitely uh -huh. not all of them are. Right. We have clients who are maybe based here but have, like, national sales mm -hmm. or uh, clients who are sort of based here from here originally but are regional, like mm -hmm. Battery Source. Mm -hmm. It's a large, like, retail, uh, not franchise. They're just – they're still family-owned. Uh, and then we have clients who are here, and then we have clients who are, like, in New York or L.A., and we just happen to – Right. Meet them through other clients and we do. Referral. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cause you I was just wondering if anywhere. Thomasville 
if you feel like Thomasville's story is also your story and your success, they're both tied uh, to each yeah. other. I, yeah, I think this town's like a really special place for business. People are incredibly supportive. Mm-hmm. When you start something, they are just 100% behind you and so open to supporting you. And I couldn't have been luckier to start a business in this mm-hmm. town. Uh, very much so. And with this chamber, like we were involved with the chamber because I enjoy wearing suits and I like wanted to be businessy. <laughs> wanted to network. You know, wanted and it was a network. Yeah. yeah, wanted to network. But, you know, and I believed in it. But the chamber, I won't say surprisingly because I believed it would, but it surprisingly really benefited my business. I mean, yeah. I grew because of this chamber. I think it's the relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it goes back to what you said earlier, you know, it's referrals. Yeah. It's about both the, sides. It's about the relationship yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and getting to know all the different businesses. Sometimes it's hard to do that one-on-one. Right. Um, and so I think that you, you know, what you put into it, you got out of it as well. Well, that's very true. Yes. That's very perceptive that I think what you put into is what you get out of it. And um, if you go into it with a lot of respect, for other people and a willingness to work really hard. I mean, the first, I think you have to have a balanced life, but the first three years of the business full time, I worked till two and 3 AM most nights because Mm -hmm. it was just me. And I had to scale up to be able to afford people to support me and the right people, right. Who had the right attitude or the right skills. And that takes time to build. Yeah. Yeah. That takes time. And you're still, you're still, I mean, you're still growing. You're still maturing as a company. I mean, five years here. It's still young. Fairly, yeah. but I mean, look at all that you've accomplished so far. It's and a lot. You've given back a lot to the community Thanks. as well. I mean, the chamber being one, you know, yeah. giving back to us and working with us on the, on the publication and helping with uh, helping us during COVID. You know, you yeah. guys really picked up and 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 so we were able to really kind of see what what type of work you were you know able yeah. to produce and so it helps because when we have people who are coming in and they're asking and they want to know like hey yeah. I need help with this we have those relationships with our members sure. and we can refer them well, we've so, experienced yeah. it so we feel fully confident referring right, somebody to you yeah, yeah right. I mean it, that goes back to like challenges the early days you know I I wouldn't say I did a lot of free work but I did a lot of work that was you know I don't even know that I would say underpriced it was what I could afford to do the work for it. That's right. Which was under. But it got you out there yeah, and built portfolio. your client base. Yeah. yeah. And you just get to know people and prove that you can do what you do. Uh, and then you can charge the rate that, you know, is worthy of that. Right. Uh, which allows you to actually serve the client <laughs> better. But uh, yeah, being a business owner is an amazing experience. It's definitely not for the faint of heart. And I would say like, the biggest challenge is to sort of just keep going and be really tough. And most of all, to develop and sell a product and a service that people actually want to buy. Yeah. And, yeah. and to not lose heart over that, to not see your life as having ended, you know, because you're not, yeah, yeah, you're not, not the right fit. Right. Or you're not like doing the flashiest thing. Like even Coca-Cola, they have incredible marketing and they could not sell new Coke because it was a product people didn't want. Yeah. So yeah. we do talk to our clients about that when we start, like, you know, it has to be something somebody right. needs or right. wants. Yeah. Right. We can only sell, <laughs> you know, what people actually want to buy, you know, that's so, right. That's good yeah. advice to anybody in any sector, whether it's yeah. retail marketing, anybody's going into business for themselves. It has to be something yeah. not that you just want yeah. or like, but that people have a need or a want for. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I see you as a, a lens adjuster, you know, like you're helping the businesses adjust their lens and how they see 
Yeah. That's a good analogy. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. Clever too. I yeah. think so. Like you go in and a lot of times we'll just talk for hours with the customer about, sure, like you said earlier, their business. And we just ask them all sorts of questions. And we used to only do social media and web design. Those were the only two services, but it just worked so well that we ended up doing all the marketing, you know, mm-hmm. for that company or like mm-hmm. the strategy of it. And it's because when you really dig in and ask like so many questions, that business owner ends up thriving because they can like, you, sometimes you just need that outside perspective to ask you sure. to then figure out what is in you that is amazing. It was so nice to have that accountability and yeah. that sort of bouncing you know, aspect of someone yeah. who can share what, what they see versus what, you know, sometimes you can get clouded when you're yeah. in your own you know, own silo or, or doing your own business. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, now the challenge on uh, five years later and growing is to decide like how big do we want to grow mm. and how much of that is a satisfying life. Cause I don't feel the need for just more, more, more. Uh, I already have way more than I thought this would grow into. Sometimes but, less is more, yeah. you know, quality over yeah. quantity. And I would yeah. say that you are probably not the only business person that is constantly faced with that on a daily basis. Sure. It mm-hmm. is that once you hit the sweet spot or that what they say, if you can make it five years, yeah. then the probability of your success just totally increases by like 80%. Well, that's good news. In business. Because <laughs> I'm not that mark. Yeah. yeah. But then once you hit the five-year mark and you, you're then faced with how do you grow? Yeah. So it's like the first year, the challenge was I need to prove myself. The second year was I need to keep going. The third year was I need to stay up really late and keep going <laughs> and find people. And then the fourth year was like, who are those right people and getting them to you know, be adjusted to all the clients and discovering their strengths, right? Because you start out with one idea and then you really get to know like, okay, this person's incredible at these things. And then the fifth year is becoming an owner, like a person who works on the business, not in the business. And if you've been in that mode of doing everything yourself for five years, it is hard to like let go. But uh, that's been such a pleasure too, because that's where I'm at right now. That's my challenge now is to just... I love the people we have on our team. They're amazing. Uh, so to step back and like, if I see something and it's not exactly what I had in my mind, not to go, oh, you know what? I can do this in five minutes. I've got it in my mind. To go in and take over. Right, and, yeah, like yeah. a control freak, you know, which I don't feel like, but you know, you just have it in your mind. But to go, well, let me show you like some other samples. Let's look and talk about like, what are these elements, right? And then that person comes back a day later with something that's way better it's a collaborative in my mind. effort oh that yeah. i have never yeah. done that level of yeah. design like that's so cool so making myself do that <laughs> has been very rewarding too and yeah and sure deciding like what do i want my life to be like now and i did this partially this business because i love a business i want to raise my own children someday i want to be mm-hmm. able to bring them to the office so i wanted my own office and i wanted that control over my life uh and now, like, I don't, I don't think of myself as a woman-owned business, even though, and I own it sort of 50-50 with my dad. It's majority woman-owned, but I think of it as, like, I'm just a person, right, who mm-hmm. tried really hard. And it's not amazing that a woman did this. I know all these incredible women who have been yeah. doing things like this for years. So right. it's more just about, like... The people. You think of it. it as more of a family-owned business? Uh, I would say, like, it is a family-owned business. Yeah. It's me and my dad and my husband, egging me on, even though he's not profiting from it, which he probably should, because <laughs> the, the good ideas come from him. But, uh, 
I would think of it as like a community of people who are like not exactly like me. And that's a great thing. And they're so good at what they do. And it's like listening to your clients. I'm not, I'm not selling Hondas and Nissans, but David Flowers does an incredible job of that. And he's mm-hmm. so smart, even mm-hmm. when it comes to like marketing, like he's, he likes marketing and he's great at it. So like, and his mind thinks in a way mine doesn't. And so when you're in a community, you really just respect that. And I love it. It's a joy. That is a really good way to wrap mm-hmm. up. I mean, yeah. I think that when you can get to that spot and really understand that other people's strengths make up for your weaknesses yeah. and bring them to the table, then that equals oh, yeah. success. It does not all have to be you, right? Mm-hmm. It just has to be like the customer mm-hmm. and the product that meets the customer's need and the company that has something to say about that product. And then you just supporting that. That's we're awesome. glad that you're here in Thomasville. That's very yeah. fun. And we're, we're very, and we're very thankful that you carved out some time to be on the podcast. I know that there's some tidbits in there that our listeners will, you know, take away. Um, that's what we're hoping from the the whole purpose of this podcast. Well, so it's always fun to talk to you guys. I, <laughs> I I mark out half days when I come for our meetings because I, we get carried it away. It lasts a while. It lasts it does, a while. It's so productive, and I really appreciated the chance to talk to you. Thanks. Sure. Well, we're so, so excited to have you. And um, guys, stay tuned for our next episode.